Hello and welcome to episode number 94 of the Creative Control Room podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. I'm your operator, Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, I'm going to tell you about seven different strength training exercises that uh, will make you a stronger videographer and photographer. Let's roll that unofficial intro, shall we? Whoops. <laughs> Gets worse every time. Hey, welcome to the Creative Control Room Podcast for Sunday, September the 26th. Oh man, um, thanks for being here. If you are new here, if this is your first time in the Creative Control Room, uh, this is a show for creators, makers, and doers, like I said. This, uh, this is where, this is my creative space. This is where um, I do all my creative work. And uh, this podcast is where I kind of share some of the different projects that I happen to be working on, but also where I share any knowledge that I've accumulated over the years in the areas of video, photography, FPV drones, podcasting, live, stream, live streaming, content creation, all that kind of stuff. So if any of that would interest you, it would be fantastic if you would hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be, <clears throat> excuse me, watching or listening and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to swing by after the show and uh, ask me a question or just say hello. So here we are. And uh, let's start right off at the top with some updates from this past week. So this, this week was another busy week on the calendar. Uh, just got back on Friday from another training camp visit with, uh, with a fighter. <clears throat> Again, if you're new here, um, I, uh, I work in boxing, sport of boxing by day. So it was a really great trip. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, um, one of the things that I did on, or one of the things that I brought with me on this trip. So typically, you know, when I go out on these training camp visits, I'll bring just a lot of my gear. I'll bring my, you know, cameras and lighting and tripods and things like that so that I can capture training footage, get some interview stuff, plenty of photos, all that type of stuff. So um, for this trip, I brought something that I haven't brought before, which was my uh, FPV drone. Uh, I've traveled with a drone before, like my Mavic, um, Mavic 2 Pro, but uh, I've never traveled with a, an FPV drone before until now. So um, I wanted to make sure that I did it correctly because obviously I don't want to, I didn't want to have to get to security and have them take something, um, you know, take, take my batteries or whatever it was. So I wanted to look into it a little bit, make sure I was doing it correctly. Uh, and I figured I would share that experience just for anyone else who may be doing the same in the future. So for me, uh, what I found really was, um, the one thing you really need to make sure you're doing correctly is, is, is storing your batteries, um, and making sure that you can actually bring your batteries onto, you know, whichever airline or, you know, you happen to be flying on. So what I found is that first of all, it differs from airline to airline, uh, which, um, you know, what kind of batteries you can bring or, or, or where you put them or how big the batteries are. Um, for me, what I found, uh, for most airlines, it seems like around, as long as your batteries are under a hundred watt hours, which, uh, if you look on this here, let's see, you can kind of see it at the bottom there. Let me pull it back where it says 22.94 WH. So these batteries are 
you know, right around 23 watt hours. Some batteries I found will have it right on there. Uh, I've got a couple that don't, but there's calculations you can do. I'm not super um, knowledgeable when it comes to wattage and current and electrical, whatever. But um, you, you can, there's an easy calculation to figure it out if you need to. But so what I found is that if you want to travel with batteries like that, uh, make sure that you keep them with you in your carry-on. Don't put them in your checked bag. So for me, I brought a total of eight batteries that were fully charged. And uh, I have this little, um, looks like a fabric lunchbox, I guess, but it's like a, a fireproof um, thing, zipper closed little thing that you keep your batteries in. So if they catch on fire, which they can, because these batteries are very high current and very volatile, um, you know, just want to make sure there's a little protection there. But because in my case, these batteries were well under the 100 um, watt hour threshold, I was able to take essentially as many of these as I want. And the interesting thing is normally when I travel, because I bring so much gear and accessories and cameras and, you know, little tools and things like that, it's, I would say, 50 to 65% of the time my bag gets pulled and checked for something that trips off the, the people at TSA. Interestingly enough, I brought a bag full of these things in my carry-on and uh, going to and from, I didn't have any issues with security. So it worked out for me. And then as far as uh, how I stored my drone, now I don't have um, a big storage, like FPV storage backpack or anything like that. I have a Peak Design sling bag in which I keep my goggles and my remote control as well as some you know other tools and extra props and accessories that I packed into a checked bag. Um, and that that Peak Design uh, sling bag is it's pretty um, it's a pretty sturdy bag, and it takes a little bit of pressure to compress it. Uh, it's not some flimsy you know. Jan Sport backpack or anything like that. It's got some. It's got some uh, sturdiness to it. Uh, luckily, w the one thing that I was concerned about most was the sticks on my remote control possibly getting damaged. But uh, everything seemed to work out. I just packed that in and, and wrapped it in some uh, padding, some just some clothes inside my check bag. Uh, and then for the drone itself, <clears throat> I just I removed the props. I removed the GoPro. And then I put the frame in the box, which it came, which, you know, the box had a layer of foam and then two bumper layers and then another layer of foam. And the, the, the drone could sit right inside that. The box was cardboard, but it's a, you know, a sturdy cardboard. And uh, again, I wrapped that in some clothes, put it in my check bag with everything else and uh, everything survived the trips both to and from. So yeah, there you go. Just make sure uh, the batteries that you have fit within the guidelines of the airline that you're traveling on. Um, keep those with you in your carry-on, your, your batteries, and then just make sure that you are storing your drone and your drone accessories well so that they don't you know, get crushed or broken during transit, especially if you're bringing them, excuse me, in uh, your checked bag. So there you go. That was my update for the week. Got some, got some really cool footage. Uh, I, I did some like vehicle following on this trip with the drone, which is something I'd never done like in real life. I'd only done it in a sim and I was a little nervous about it, but actually a lot of the, uh, the FPV drone racing that I've been doing in the simulator, um, I think it was super helpful 
with that. So uh, that was a ton of fun. But uh, so there's that. And we're going to skip news this week because there really just wasn't much that came onto my radar as far as uh, anything newsworthy. So we're going to skip right from updates into the main event, main event, to the main topic for this episode, which again is strength training uh, for videographers and photographers. So why am I talking about this? Well, a couple of reasons. First thing, I, uh, while I'm inter- very interested in you know, the, the world of content creation, uh, other, another thing that I'm very interested in is fitness. So I do a lot of strength training. I pay attention to a lot of, you know, power lifters and, and, uh, bodybuilders. And, um, you know, I like to, I like to work out uh, anywhere from three to five times a week and, um, kind of push my, push my limits. I do a lot of, you know, the squats and the deadlifts and, and all that type of stuff. And I got to thinking like, you know, as someone who does a lot of creative work myself, I do a lot of, you know, I go to uh, a lot of events, carrying a camera around. Um, I've been on production sets, helping set up, you know, grip work and things like that. Um, And it requires a certain degree of strength and fitness in certain situations. So I thought, you know, why not marry these two worlds that I enjoy a whole lot and give some tips for photographers and videographers or production, you know, people out there to, um, you know, these are basically exercises that you can do to uh, kind of improve your performance and to make sure that you're not getting winded and make sure you're not injuring yourself or being exhausted at the end of every day, you know, once you finish the job. Because if you think about it, when, when you're out with shooting a show, whether it's, again, whether it's photography or video, you know, how often, first of all, if you're holding a camera, the weight's always in the front, which could potentially be putting a lot of strain on your back. So you want to keep your back straight. You know, same thing, you know, we might be hunched over a little bit like this that can cause issues with your upper back and, you know, maybe causing you to round your back a little bit. Maybe again, if you work on a production, um, production team, you might be putting up, um, you know, doing grip work and, and lifting heavy things and pushing, uh, equipment stands and things like that. So you need to have a degree of uh, strength in order to accomplish those, especially if you do this a lot and, and especially for travel. It's another thing too. So these different, these seven exercises or exercise groups that I'm going to go over are, we're, we're handpicked to kind of uh, combat some of those scenarios that we deal with as photographers and videographers just in our daily daily work. So getting right into the first one, and I'm putting these in the same category, uh, but squats and deadlifts. We're going to start broadly. Let's go with squats and deadlifts. Why squats and deadlifts is number one. These, first of all, these are these are compound movements that um, are going to work a wide variety of muscles in your body. They're obviously going to be Working, you know, if you do squats, it's going to be great for your legs and just lower body strength, but it's also going to be great for your core. So when you do squats, you have to, you know, really make sure that you're maintaining your balance. You're not moving from side to side. You're staying slow and controlled, and that's really going to work the core muscles. So core and legs. And then when you incorporate in deadlifts, obviously, again, if you're someone who 
lifts a lot of heavy equipment and is constantly picking things up and moving things around, deadlifts are going to make that a little bit easier for you. Um, deadlifts strengthen the, the lower back, obviously, and also going to strengthen the legs. Deadlifts, because you're holding onto a bar, it's going to help with your grip strength, which can be uh, beneficial as well. Um, but it's also going to teach you proper body mechanics. If you start doing squats and you start doing them well and do them um, consistently and do them with good form, you're going to even unconsciously incorporate that into uh, your work life in that, you know, if you're picking up a bunch of light stands, you're not going to, you know, reach out in front and, and injure your back. You're going to know how to properly lift things off of the ground to make sure that you minimize any possibilities for any sort of, um, injury. You know what I mean? You're just, it's just what? Twitter now. That? So definitely do some squats definitely do, um, some deadlifts squats are also helpful too. If, you know, again, if we're, if you're, if you're out on a production, uh, or maybe if you're a photographer and you're trying to get low angles and things like that, just being able to squat down often and then be able to get back up quickly without, you know, too much effort, uh, squatting is definitely going to be good for that. So number one squats and deadlifts start doing them now. Uh, you will thank me later. Number two, this one is great if you happen to travel a lot. And if you're someone like me, I prefer to uh, wear a backpack whenever possible or to fit all of my gear in a backpack. So um, there are times, I mean, on this trip alone, my backpack probably weighed between 35 and 40 pounds. And I'm walking, you know, through airports uh, to my gate. And, you know, from here to there, you know, you, you by the time you're done traveling and getting to your destination, you've probably walked a couple miles at least. And you have to be able to do that with a giant um, backpack on your back. Uh, I just prefer backpacks. Some people like rollers better for the simple fact that it's not putting a lot of pressure on your back. But if you're like me and you prefer a backpack, this exercise is great for this. And that is weighted walks, um, meaning get yourself a weighted vest. I have a a weighted vest that I use, um, that I like quite a bit. And it actually allows me, if you, if you, if you're already getting into squatting and deadlifting, you'll already have the weight plates and this, this, uh, weighted vest actually allows you to attach weight plates to it and you just put on it and screw it on and, and then it's attached to your body. But what I will often do is, uh, I'll put on my weighted vest or you could even put on your gear backpack and then just go for a walk or uh, get on a treadmill where you can kind of have control over the speed and over the uh, the incline uh, and get on there and walk for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, and that's going to benefit you in a bunch of different ways. Uh, it's going to obviously improve your cardio. So, you know, if you're walking with 30 pounds on your back, you're not going to get winded after a few minutes. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's going to kind of, it kind of primes your um, central nervous system as well to sort of be prepared for that kind of weight. When you walk around and you're putting that kind of weight on your body, it helps for your body to sort of be, uh, aware of that stimulus and be prepared for it. So when you, when you load up with all that gear, your body knows what to do and it can kind of adapt to that situation. So weighted walks, try that. Um, and then another one, which is kind of semi-related, and these are some of my favorites that I like to do. Um, briefcase, briefcase walks and farmer walks. This is number three. 
So briefcase walks are kind of what they sound like. Um, if you imagine just someone walking down the road with a briefcase. So what briefcase walks are is you just pick a, a heavy weight, um, something that you can reasonably hold and walk with in one hand um, in a straight line. So I'll pick, when I usually do it, I'll, I'll grab maybe like an 80 pound dumbbell. And the goal is to walk with that 80 pound or that dumbbell, whatever weight you choose in one hand and maintain an upright posture um, for the entire time. And maybe, you know, take 50, 60 steps and then rest and then do it again. But what you'll find is that, you know, if you're holding the weight on your left side, the uh, ab and oblique muscles on the right side of your body are just going to fire like crazy because they have to compensate for all this weight that you have. So there's this sort of counteracting balance that's going on. And as a result, you're really going to strengthen those muscles. So, you know, how often have you found yourself, you've got your Pelican case or you've got your gear bag, you know, your backpack, whatever, you just need to pick it up and kind of move it to a, another location. Uh Briefcase walks are going to make it easy for you to just kind of pick that up and not have to struggle with, uh, oh, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. You can kind of pick things up and easily move them from one to lo location to the other without having to worry about use two hands necessarily. But it's also going to prevent any muscle, um, you know, pulling muscles because those those muscles are strengthened and they're going to prevent you from injury and like rotating in ways that you don't want. So um, that's briefcase walks and farmer walks are essentially the same with the exception of it's, it's just weights in both hands, or you could do, you know, like a heavy, uh, heavy weighted vest, you know, increase the weight. The goal here is, is essentially, um, just load your body with a bunch of weight again, really, uh, uh, impacts the central nervous system and primes it for that type of stimulus. So again, you know, if you're on a production set, how many times have you had to carry uh, handfuls of just heavy weights. Um, so being able to, you know, training your body to be comfortable with carrying heavy weight is only going to translate that much better when you're actually in the field and doing, you know, doing work. So briefcase walks slash farmer walks, putting that at number three, moving on to number four, and I'm just going to generally say kettlebells here. Uh, there's, there's so many different kettlebell exercises that you can do that, um, hang on, let me check. There's, where's my audio? There's my audio. There's so many different, uh, kettlebell exercises that you can do that would carry over into photography and videography and, and, and that type of thing. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, when you're shooting, the weight is always in front of you. So what you really need is to be able to strengthen muscles that can kind of counteract that and that can, you know, because if you're just standing there with weight at in the front all day, you know, that's why women wear bras because they, they need something to hold, keep that weight high up on their front. Otherwise it's going to create back problems, right? So it's kind of the same thing here. We want to make sure that we have, first of all, you know, how you hold the camera is one thing, but we need to make sure that we're strengthening the muscles that are going to prevent us from injuring our back and hurting our back because we're, we're constantly, you know, had this weight in the, in the front of us. So things like goblet squats, which would be like taking a, a kettlebell and holding it close to your chest and then just squatting up and down. Those, those would be great. Uh, kettlebell swings. It just kind of, you can do them single or single arm or, uh, with two hands and you kind of come up and then down and then back up and back down. Uh, another is, um, and you can get creative with it. You can do something. It's kind of hard to show 
here, let's <laughs> move to this angle here. So uh, another is you can get creative with it. Maybe hold a light kettlebell out in front of you, arms extended, and do squats in that direction. Lots of different uh, options when it comes to kettlebells. But again, when you're using kettlebells, you are in a way kind of using weights that are similar to the types of things that you would be holding and carrying, especially if you've got a big old camera rig that you're working with. Um, yeah, try kettlebells because they're they kind of they're they're they very closely resemble um, how you would handle in some certain some circumstances different camera gear and things like that. So for number four, kettlebells. Number five, um, what I would, this one is uh, face pulls. And by the way, these are in no particular order. So this isn't like an actual workout routine. I'm just, we're just kind of going over the different exercises. But number uh, five is face pulls or reverse flies. And this is also going to help prevent with, you know, prevent that upper back rounding and injuries to the upper back uh, from having weight in front of you. So face pulls is essentially you would, you know, a lot, this works best with cables and things like that. There are variations of this that you can do, or if you have um, like some straps that you can put attached to something and kind of pull yourself up to it, but you essentially grab and pull elbows back, keep your elbows high and then pull towards your face. And this is really going to strengthen the muscles in the upper back, again, preventing that rounding uh, and preventing you uh, from injuring yourself. Reverse flies do kind of the same type of deal with when it comes to strengthening the upper back. And in a lot of cases, you can, you know, just be standing and bent over. So it would look more like this. Or you could um, be lying on your stomach and pulling weights up towards you and kind of that same face pull type motion or, you know, flying out like this. But again, it's all designed to strengthen the muscles of the upper back and prevent rounding and injury. So number five, face pulls or reverse flies. Uh, number six, I would say so any kind of overhead press. It could be a barbell overhead press. It could be dumbbells, uh, you know, dumbbell overhead press, or even like a circus press with single uh, dumbbells. But again, how often have you been on a production set or, or even if you're, you know, you're trying to hold a camera up high so that you can get some, some, uh, up, you know, some angles from up high, you need some shoulder strength and, um, having stronger shoulders will, will only make that easier. So, uh, yeah, overhead press. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Just how much weight can you put over your head? Uh, really strengthens strengthens the shoulders and it's going to help you with that. So, um, that's number six. And then finally, my final um, exercise suggestion would be sled pushes or incline bench press. And those two things sound very different and they are in some ways, but so sled pushes would be, and I, this is, I actually, I mean, I don't, I, I have a home gym, but I don't have a sled. So I don't do this one, but I do do an incline bench press, which is the other one. But sled pushes uh, is basically kind of what it sounds like. You have a sled that you would load up with weight and then you would kind of get down low, put your arms out and you would use your legs to push the sled across a distance, whatever that distance may be. And this is, can be beneficial, again, especially with travel, especially with working on production sets, you know, those big equipment tables that you load up and you got to move from here to there and you're always kind of pushing things around and moving things. 
this is going to strengthen the legs. Um, but it also, you know, pushing things around also requires some chest strength because you have to kind of brace that, whether you're pushing from here or whether you're pushing from out here, you want to make sure that you have the muscles in the chest there that can kind of help you, um, you know, help keep everything stable. So that's why I also recommend sled pushes or incline bench press, because if you're also doing squats or deadlifts, you're already working on your legs. So the leg strength is going to be there, but incline bench press and this, we're incline, um, you know, regular bench press is fine, but for this, we really want to focus on incline bench press. Reason being, think of it like this. Um, if you play football, you know, when you, and if I remember correctly, uh, I, I think, um, incline bench press started being incorporated in football because of how football players line up on the line. So it's like, you know, when, when they hike the ball and you're going to push up against people, you're not pushing directly out like this up against your opponent. You're leaned up, you're leaned forward and you're pushing them against them like this, which more closely resembles the incline bench press position over just the traditional bench press. So again, if you're, if you're out pushing a heavy cart around, uh, you're going to be leaned forward a little bit and your arms, as you push that, whether they're down here pushing or whether they're out here pushing are going to be in that more inclined bench press, um, position because nobody walks around pushing things straight up unless it's something super light. You're going to be leaned forward. You're going to be pushing into it and you want to have that stability in your chest to make sure that, uh, you've got the force to, uh, to push it and the strength to push it. So sled pushes or incline bench press. So let's go over all those again one more time, just to make sure you got them down, get out a pen and piece of paper, write all this stuff down here. So number one, we got squats and deadlifts, self-explanatory, great for the legs, great for the core. Number two, weighted walks. Great if you travel. Um, and, uh, just kind of, it primes the central nervous system to be ready for that stimulus and all that weight that you put on yourself as you're walking around with big backpacks or whatever it may be. Briefcase walks, farmer walks. These are awesome if you carry around a lot of Pelican cases or handle things on one side or just, you know, if you're like me trying to bring in groceries and you, you're trying to carry as much gear as humanly possible in one trip, those would be great for that. Kettlebells, awesome for um, kind of building that the muscles that help prime the core and make sure again that you're not rounding as you hold all that weight at the front of your body. Uh, face pulls, reverse flies, they do kind of similar things in that they uh, strengthen the muscles in the upper back. It's going to prevent any of that rounding uh, and prevent you from pulling any muscles and preventing injury. Six overhead press, whether that be barbell dumbbells or circus press, just going to strengthen the shoulders. So anytime you need to hold a camera up high, or maybe you need to, you know, you're putting up some gear and things like that. Yeah. You're going to have the strength in your shoulders to be able to do that effectively. And finally, uh, sled pushes or incline bench press. This is helpful if you find yourself in a position where you're pushing heavy things around a lot, whether it be on a production set or whatever it may be. So, um, again, like I said, I'm, I'm big into fitness. I encourage everyone to take care of themselves, um, and do these things now to prevent yourself from getting into trouble later on strength training really, you know, yeah, you can get big and strong. You can look good if you do it right. But Ultimately, strength training is about injury prevention. You are, you're building this sort of 
this structure that's going to keep your body safe and going to keep you from pulling muscles and things like that. So it's about injury prevention. So if uh, I, I suggest that everyone tries to get into some kind of um, workout routine and, you know, you want to train for what you do. So that's why I think these are so important if you're in this field and you're doing this kind of work, because if that's how you spend most of your time, you should be doing exercises that are going to allow you to do those things easier, just in the same way that, you know, a boxer is going to do a lot of cardio work and a lot of core work. Um, you know, everyone is going to train differently depending on how they incorporate that training into their life and into their work or whatever it may be. So it's always a good idea to take care of yourself. So please take care of yourself. But if you found any value in that, and I hope you did, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. And also follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and call this one done. So thank you so much for being here um, and keep on creating, making, and doing. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.